You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet uh, bonus episode thing. Got to work on that. Um, <laughs> uh, just so you know, this is now the second bonus episode that we've done. The bonus episode concept is very, very simple. If you want your own special episode sponsored by you or friend, family, whatever, business, and you get to tell me what to talk about, you can buy it. And compared to what advertisers pay, it's basically free what I'm offering you. <laughs> I like you people, you know? You're like family. But today's episode is brought to you by Nick Noblique over at Noblique Studios. This is actually my third time attempting to record this podcast because I keep changing my mind on how I want to approach things. And then rather than just like skipping ahead, I just like, I'm scrapping the whole thing starting over. So I feel like I know Nick on a deep level <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I've read his resume so many times. But uh, Noblique Studios is actually a, it's an art studio. He's out in Texas. Um, his studio is located in Abilene, Texas, but there's a lot of stuff all over the place that you can see. There's different exhibits that he's at. There's a super cool statue that he was commissioned to make. But I mean, he's he's the real deal, man. He was, I kind of thought when, when I got this, that this is like somebody trying to start up or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, help him get his name out. It's like, no, his name's out, man. <laughs> it's, Apparently, he got to start winning first place in the Winter X Games in 1997, and then decided to turn his attention to uh, to art. And it's a lot of sculptures, a lot of working with metal and stuff. So it's super cool. He's actually originally from Appleton, Wisconsin, but relocated out to Texas. So again, if you want to check it out, it's Noblique Studios. You can find him at uh, NobliqueStudios.com. It's kind of tricky to spell it, but just think of that little K sound at the end as Q-U-E. N-O-B-L-I-Q-U-E, NoBleakStudios.com. And even if you can't get out there, if you want to support him, he does have a uh, little bit of a merch store here. He's got some hoodies, shirts, stickers, koozie. So anyways, the um, theme of the, the day, and this is part of the reason why it's a little bit tricky, is it was left, it was left a little bit open-ended. So my interpretation of it was the 2023 draft class for the Packers and how it compares to the 2023 draft class of not the Packers. And that whole not the Packers thing is kind of left open for interpretation. And of course, I tried to do the hardest possible things that I could. And I spent a lot of time, man, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself. It's just to the point where it's like, I. F- it, it's a question of, do you feel worse about not getting the podcast out or about not giving the quality that you want. But I tried um, all kinds of programs, man. I tried PFF and, uh, you know, the problem with PFF is if you download all their data, you can't sort by year anymore. You can sort by year on their website, but as soon as you pull the data so you can play with it, 
you can't do it anymore. And then SIS doesn't have sort by year, uh, you know, the year of their career, which is surprising and I guess annoying. I th- would have thought they did. Um, I started playing around with R a little bit and I was kind of able to pull some stuff, but I didn't know if I fully trusted it, you know, because it gave me numbers, but I just, there could be something wrong and I, I don't know. And it's hard to compare offense, defense and da 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 da. Plus, I'm just not very good at it, so it would have taken forever to pull each piece of data that I wanted. Because what I wanted to do was look at, for example, snap counts for Packers rookies compared to the rest. I want to look at the value in some form or fashion of our rookies compared to the league. And I also wanted to look at, you know, okay, so maybe they have more value, but is it because they got a quarterback, you know, like C.J. Stroud in the first round? Like, well, duh, of course there's more value in that. So looking at round by round. But again, I failed. So I figured I would kind of just minimize that a little bit. We'd look at the NFC North because that way I could do a little bit more manual labor and it wouldn't kill me. And we could have a little bit of fun with that. Just kind of see how our direct competition is doing um, in the draft compared. Because I'll be honest, I don't know. I mean, I know Gibbs is a pretty good running back. I don't know about the linebacker. And when I say pretty good, I don't really know what that means either. I feel like he's doing fine. I know they got the tight end that's doing pretty well over there in Detroit. I couldn't tell. Oh, Addison in Minnesota. So we'll see. You think as much work as I put in, I'd know these answers, but I don't. I, I tried to work so much, just you know, get it all set up and let computers do all the work for me, and it just didn't work. So manual labor. Here we come. So I think first, what I want to do just to kind of get an overview of what everybody's got, I want to go position by position. And funny enough, there are two rookie quarterbacks. One of them we're going to meet this week. His name is Jaron Hall. Much like our rookie quarterback, Jaron Hall is a fifth round pick. I think our guy's a fifth round pick. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't care. (laughs) Doesn't matter. He has played in two games this year. One of them was against Green Bay. He had uh, four attempts, three completions, 23 yards, and a 75.6 grade when passing. Maybe that's the reason Part of the reason why he he should be playing against us because we didn't do a good job stopping him last time. He also played week nine against Atlanta. Six attempts, five completions, 78 yards. I don't know why he hasn't been playing more football. I guess they just thought they had a better option. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, he he didn't do much, but eight of 10, you know, 80% for 101 yards, which is 10.1 yards per attempt. He doesn't have any touchdowns, but he also doesn't have any interceptions. Zero big-time throws, but zero turnover-worthy plays. I mean, it's a small sample size, but a 108.8 passer rating. When your quarterbacks all suck, and you got a rookie just waiting in the wings, when you know Dobbs is trash, right? You know he's bad. What are you doing? Like, I understand it's unlikely Jaron Hall is great, but you're in, like, quarterback hell. And there are are late-to-mid-round quarterbacks out there doing stuff. Brock Purdy's tearing up the freaking league. Maybe this guy's the answer. So next year, you're going to go all in on a quarterback. You might have a guy. I'm not trying to overreact to this little bit of a sample size, but why not play around with it? Why not give him the year? I mean, once Kirk Cousins went out, he's had 13 dropbacks and 10 passing attempts. What a freaking waste. So that you can put in these guys that you know are bad. Why? Because you're going to go on a playoff run, you losers? You're so stupid. And then there's Tyson Bajant. Again, I like Bajant because of his dad, but he's a Bear. And Bears fans thought he was the greatest thing in the world. And... um He's been pretty awful. He has a 57 grade, 50.8 passing grade. He's not good, which is to be expected when you are a uh, 2023 undrafted free agent out of Shepard. I mean, all things considered, I think he was great. But as far as being an actual NFL quarterback, probably a little bit unlikely. 
Tight ends, of course, freaking stupid. Sam Laporta is uh, the number one tight end. Luke Musgrave is second in receptions with 44. Sam Laporta has 100. Uh, Luke Musgrave has 33 receptions. He has 74. Musgrave, 341 yards. Sam Laporta, 776. Tucker Craft has more yards per reception, though, so suck on that one. And then Tucker Craft has the most, uh, second most touchdowns. By the way, in the NFC North, there's two teams with rookie tight ends, Sam Laporta and then the Packers with three, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and Ben Sims. So Tucker Craft has the two touchdowns. Sam Laporta has nine. As far as the PFF grades go, Sam Laporta, 75.4, and then it's Musgrave, 62.7, Tucker Craft, 60.9, Ben Sims, 58.5. However, ladies and gentlemen, however, Tucker Craft had his breakout week 13, right? Since week 13, receptions, Tucker Craft, 12, Sam Laporta, 10. Yards, Tucker Craft, 181, Sam Laporta, 97. Touchdowns, he is winning 3-1. to one. Yards per reception, Tucker Craft 15, Sam Laporta 9.7. And then PFF grade, Tucker Craft 72.6, Sam Laporta 71.3. So in the last four weeks, when Tucker Craft first kind of got his little, little like, ooh, there he is, he's been the best tight end in the NFC North. And if we want to kind of go toward the end of Luke Musgrave's time, because he started to kind of uptick a little bit and then disappeared, obviously, um, he wasn't quite better than Sam Laporta, but it was very close. So Musgrave had nine receptions, Laporta 15. But yards, Musgrave 143 compared to Sam Laporta's 132. Why? Because Musgrave had a 15.9 yards per reception, which makes sense given his style of play. Sam Laporta 8.8. Again, Laporta with the touchdowns, he's a freaking machine. Three touchdowns compared to Luke Musgrave's one, but a 73.5 grade for Sam Laporta, and for Luke Musgrave, 69.4. I know I'm, I'm twisting the numbers a little bit, but really I'm just looking at the ends of these guys' um, like when they're starting to figure it out. I mean, it's the same with Jordan, right? Everybody in this offense, all the young guys or first-year guys, with the exception maybe like Jaden Reed, kind of took some time. Um, you know, we can do the same thing with Jordan. We, we probably won't, but um, I think, you know, on tomorrow's podcast i will i'm gonna be spending a lot of time looking at some of the positives especially jordan love but you know there's just a point where they figured it out and maybe maybe it's a blip it might just be a little blip where it's like okay you had a couple good games and then you fall off that happens all the time you think something big's happening and then it disappears but you know if we just look at it from the standpoint of what if this is more who they are as opposed to early on when they didn't quite figure things out they couldn't get into a rhythm you know matt lafleur has to figure out how to use them jordan has to figure out how to hit them you know they got to figure out what routes and depth and timing and da, da 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 so it's not that ridiculous to think that maybe it just took a little time for them to get into their rhythm and this is a little bit more what they're going to be than the first several weeks you know the first half of the season let's say because, I mean, it, it, the, the timing does line up fairly well with when Jordan started to turn things around. So unless we think Jordan is going to fall off, which he hasn't since midseason, I'm just saying. And if you look at um, yards per route run, Luke, uh, Sam Laporta, 1.11, Luke Musgrave, 1.63. Even Tucker Craft was higher at 1.52. He just wasn't playing as much. So his stats are all lower, although he did have a touchdown. But... Um, yeah, I'm excited. All, all due respect to Sam Laporta. He's been great. He's been having a better year. Will have a better year. But I think I, I would. Let's put it this way: I would not trade Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft for Sam Laporta, given what I've seen right now. I'm not positive which one of the two I would trade. Probably should. More than likely, he's going to be better than at least one of them. But I'm, I'm, 
I'd like to wait and see because I can't guarantee any of them will be less than Laporta. And I like what we got. I like the combo. Like Laporta, I like because he was just such a good like route runner, just a, such a good like standalone tight end. The combo of Musgrave and Kraft, the way they complement each other, I'm just I'm just excited about it. And I'm really upset that um, Musgrave got hurt when he did. But such is life, I guess. Then we get to the wide receivers, and obviously we have to know that the big wig in town here is Jordan Addison. He was a first-round pick, 24th selection. The Packers didn't pick until the second round, so that's the closest we could come to competing. Other than that, I mean, what do we got? We got freaking Dontavian Wicks, who's just some freaking loser, mid to late-ish round guy. You got Malik Heath, and, and uh, the Bears got Tyler Scott, you know? So let's go by round. Jordan Addison... First round pick, he has 63 receptions, 826 yards, nine touchdowns, 70.1 PFF grade, 71.1 receiving grade. It's not bad for a rookie. That's solid, man. Like I said, if you're a rookie and you can hit a 70, that's a good start. All right, second round pick, Jaden Reed. Probably good, but not as good. 54 receptions, 592 yards, six touchdowns, 70.2 overall grade which is almost the same, but slightly higher. The stats are higher for Jordan Addison, but he's played uh, like 30% more snaps, or no, 70% more snaps. Doing math in my head, man, I don't know. It's a lot more, 366 compared to 557. So Jaden Reed has been at least as good as Jordan Addison. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I guess they were drafted kind of around the same time. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Let's not overreact here, okay? Calm down. Um, oh, also, we got Antoine Green. I, I messed up at one point. I forgot to add in some of the weeks. Detroit has Antoine Green. Um, that can also be added in here. He is a seventh-round pick. So we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Okay, so next on the list, the next one drafted is Tyler Scott. Now, it's a little bit tougher to hit in the mid-rounds, granted. Um, fourth round, I mean, the Packers hammered the fourth round, but we all know the the Chicago Bears um, really good with their drafting, really known for their drafting acumen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll cut that out later. Um, no, they're really good. They're super good. Uh, Tyler Scott has uh, 14 receptions, 141 yards, no touchdowns. His highest graded game of the year came week three against Kansas City. It was a 68.8 grade. He has a 54.3 overall grade, 54.2 receiving grade. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a rookie mid-round pick, man. I mean, you can't expect a fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, or a third-round pick. or You know, that third, fourth, fifth round range is it's tricky, and I don't think you can reasonably expect anyone to kind of hit on a rookie receiver in those rounds. It's not a thing. So... Anyways, let's move on. The next one drafted was Dontavian Wicks in the fifth round. Uh, let's see here. Dontavian Wicks has 33 receptions, which is third behind Addison and Reed. Um, reception percentage, 66, which is third, you know, whatever. His yards, he's third with 519. It's weird he's ahead of Tyler Scott, but it's probably not a big deal. I'm sure when we get to the grades, it's going to be bad. Um, he's actually number one in yards per reception, which is interesting, but, you know, I'm sure it's just a stupid, no big, no big deal, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, PFF grade 76.6? 76.6, as in 
like better than everybody. 75.8 receiving grade, which is the highest in, uh, of, of the guys we've talked about and just just little peeking into the future, the highest of the entire group of rookies in the NFC North. By the way, goofing around aside, this guy's a freak. He's only, by the way, and this is, you know, we, we know this, the Packers are way too um, willing to keep good players on the sideline. Let's just put it that way. He is third in opportunities with 272 behind Reed and Addison, just barely ahead of Tyler Scott. Um, he hasn't played very much, but his yards per route run is 2.01. So let's plug that in just for a second with Jordan Addison, if he had Jordan Addison's opportunities this year. If you take Dentavian Wicks' yards per route run, and you plug in the amount of routes that Jordan Addison has run up to this point, Dontavian Wicks would be at 1,053 yards already on the season. So there you go. By the way, that's why yards per route run is a very good metric, even above and beyond yards, unless we're talking about a really small sample size, but we're not. But the thing I love most about Dontavian Wicks, I'm I'm really, really big on consistency. You know, I, I think a lot of people love like the the high, flashy, like 90 game, and I do, that's awesome. He does not have bad games. Like week one, where he only, you know, he played 19 snaps or whatever, two targets, zero receptions, 47 grade. And then against Detroit, he only had one target, zero receptions, 51 grade. Like those two are not good. Every other game has been 70s, mid to high 60s, and then he's got an 80 mixed in. And it's been getting better. Like his two best games came week 13 and week 15. So it's like getting better. So he alternates between like a 70 and a 60 and a 70, 60, 70, 80, 60, 70, 60. But the 60s are all high. It's not low 60s. So it's just, as I look at this, I'm just seeing green, just green all the way across this thing. It might be a pale, you know, yellowish green for 60s, mid 60s, high 60s. But I, I, it's just, he's just so consistently good all the time. Anyways, then we get to seventh round pick Antoine Green for the um, Detroit Lions. Now, obviously... Seventh round picks can't be good at anything, but we'll let's see what Detroit did here. Six foot two, hundred ninety nine pound, four four seven speed. Antoine Green out of North Carolina. He uh, fifty point nine grade, highest grade, highest graded game was a sixty two. So he's not good at things. Um, he is actually the lowest graded receiver in the NFC North among rookies, lower than Tyler Scott. The next one is Malik Heath, undrafted free agent. Now this guy's not even drafted. He's obviously a bum, loser, whatever, um, so we don't have to really worry about him, but he has 11 receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown. He has a 60 point or 61.2 grade, so he's actually slightly above average, a 60 receiving grade, which isn't terrible. Um, and actually, he ranks ahead of fourth-round pick Tyler Scott and seventh-round pick Antoine Green. So interestingly enough, if we look at the six rookies in the NFC North and how we did compared to how everybody else did draft, the number one wide receiver among rookies is Dontavian Wicks, fifth round pick by the Green Bay Packers. The second highest graded, and if you don't want grades, fine, yards, second highest in yards per route run, it, it correlates very high. In fact, it correlates perfectly. The grades correlate exactly with yards per route run. So take your pick. The second highest is Jaden Reed. Then you have the first-round pick, Jordan Addison, followed by Malik Heath, the undrafted free agent. So the only reason the Packers don't have the top three is because the Vikings picked a first-round pick that kind of split in between. 
But the mid-round pick by the Bears is a complete bum. And of course, the seventh round pick by the Lions is completely useless. Because apparently in the NFC North, unless you're the Packers, at least as far as wide receivers this year, either you pick in the first round or you might as well not even try. Whereas, of course, the Packers have hit on two really good receivers. Neither of them are first round picks. One of them is kind of a late-ish round pick. And Malik Heath, who is an undrafted free agent, has actually been solid, at least insofar as, you know, average is okay, which it is. That's kind of definitionally what it is. Then we come to uh, the rookie running backs. And obviously, there are, there are three. There's two powerhouses here. I forgot the Bears also got Roshan Johnson. Real big, sturdy, stocky guy. He's a mid-round pick. But again, the Bears really good at their whole drafting thing. And then the Packers get some freaking scrub in the, as an undrafted free agent, right? All right, so let's start from the beginning. Jameer Gibbs, first round pick. 154 attempts, 872 yards, 5.7 yards per attempt, nine touchdowns, one fumble, 76 PFF grade, 81.1 rushing grade. Obviously, you can't compete with that. He was a 12th overall selection. Um, guy's an absolute stud. Um, incredible, incredible. Roshan Johnson was a fourth round pick, but you know, the Bears are amazing. They're going to knock this one out of the park just like they did the last one, right? He's got 69 attempts, 309 yards, one touchdown, one fumble. Um, did I read that right? I did. Okay. Uh, 65.9 grade and a 67 rushing grade, which I mean, it's not great, but it's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's okay, and it's a mid-round pick. You can't hit on mid-round picks. It's it's not it's not a thing that you can do, right? What we've learned is you got to be a first-round pick. Jordan Addison, Jameer Gibbs, that's it. Those are the only ones, unless you're Jane Reed or or uh, you know uh, Dontavian Wicks for the Packers. Then you know whatever. Also, the the other is Emmanuel Wilson. Now, this is stupid. Another undrafted free agent. It's not even really worth looking at, but we'll look at it for the sake of looking at it, I guess. Um, in his, uh, 14 attempts, he has 85 yards, uh, which is 6.1 yards per attempt, which is, I mean, it's technically higher than Jameer Gibbs and Roshan Johnson, but I don't think that's anything to really be interested in. Um, 76.4 rushing or overall grade, which is higher than Jameer Gibbs. Huh. That's, that can't be right. Und- Let me check. Emmanuel Wilson, undrafted free agent, Fort Valley State Wildcats, 76.4 grade. Jameer Gibbs, 75.9. Huh. Huh. Well, whatever. I, I Listen, what I know is that the Bears and the Lions and the Vikings are drafting mavens. Like, this is what they do. And they don't just need to be first-round picks. I mean, granted, that's the only thing that's worked so far. And yes, the Packers have found players that have done better, that are freaking undrafted free agents and and fifth-round picks and second-round picks. But come on, it doesn't count. Um, offensive linemen, Packers for once did not dabble, which leaves some opportunities for, um, you know, some of our rivals to really show what they can do. You know, I mean, they've got an opportunity here to be like, you know what? I'm tired of the freaking Packers. I'm sick of their crap. I'm sick of them always finding these offensive linemen like Zach Tom, who's a mid-round guy um, that apparently is a pretty solid tackle. I, you know, I'm just, I'm so sick of it. And it's our time now. It's our time now. So um, here we go. First round pick Darnell Wright, 
10th overall selection. You know the guy's a stud. I mean, if the Packers can hit in the fourth round, you sure as heck can hit with the 10th overall pick, right? Ah, sip of coffee to do this one. Darnell Wright, um, Tennessee Volunteers. Dude is 6'5", 335, absolute mountain of a human being. He, um, well, that can't be right. Hold on. He's allowed seven sacks, three hits, 38 hurries, 48 pressures? No, that can't be right. Hold on a second. That would make him, like, fifth as far as, like, give it, he's given up the fifth most pressures. That can't be right. Well, there he is. He's on the list right there. Next, between Trey Pipkins and Colton McKivitz. Those powerhouses. Okay. Well, um, I'm sure he grades out fine, especially at run blocking, because the guy's a freaking road grader. It is a 60.2 pass blocking, which isn't great. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's whatever. But run blocking is where he, I'm sure, excels. Uh, 64.5. 64.5. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's no Zach Tom, or even Rashid Walker, for that matter. He's more of a Yash Nyman, except worse. But I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll figure it out. And, and here's the thing. Even if the Bears couldn't quite figure out the offensive line thing this year, which of course they will in the future, the Lions had an opportunity to really, really show what they can do, right? Because the Packers have had some success, even with, you know, six-round guards and whatnot. Um, they got a fifth-round... What are we what are we calling him here? He's played right guard, left guard, a little bit of right tackle. We're gonna call him a guard though. Colby Sorsdahl, William and Mary Tribe. I don't know why it's a tribe, but okay. Fifth round pick. This is this is this is this is it, man. This is your opportunity to demonstrate that it's not just the Packers, right? I don't need to use a first round pick every single time to get talent. I can find guys in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. Packers can do it, I can do it. Hello, stupid people. He's played 253 snaps so far. 121 as a run blocker, 132 as a pass blocker. One sack, four hits, nine hurries, 14 total pressures. Hard to tell if that's good or bad because it's such a small sample size, although it's a 94 pass blocking efficiency, which I know is not good. It's lower than what we saw with Darnell Wright. But let's get to the grades. It'll give us a little bit of a, a better overall view of how he's doing. 6'6", 315. Um... Probably more of a pass blocker, so let's start with the run blocking, 46.9. That's pretty rough. Um, but, I mean, look, some Packers guys, so like six-round pick John Runyon apparently decided he wanted to be in there. But, you know, pass blocking is really what matters. That's what it comes down to. I mean, the Lions generally like to, to do the run blocking thing, but I'm sure pass blocking is where uh, where the money is. Let's see, pass blocking, week three, 43 grade, week eight, 37, week 11, 37, Week 12 against Green Bay, 51 was his best game. Go figure. And then week 13 against New Orleans, 41. He has a 35 pass blocking grade. 35. I mean, I would say he's a fifth-round pick. What do you expect? But, I mean, if it was Green Bay, we would have pretty high expectations, right? I mean, how often do you get a guy in the fifth round that plays and has a 41 PFF grade and Packer fans don't throw an absolute fit about how Gutekunst is trash? I'm, I'm just saying. Because I feel like the norm is you should be good at football, not terrible. I mean, Kingsley Nikbare isn't perfect, but he's pretty good. And he's elite compared to this garbage. Am I wrong about that? Or what, what are we... I, I thought... Uh, okay. All right. Well, listen. Listen. Apparently, you have to draft in the first round. And even if you do, if you're the Chicago Bears, you can't pull it off. But we've had two good players in the NFC North. And they're both first-round picks. 
And of the three, one of them happens to be bad. But you know what? We're going to get to defense. This is where the Packers seem to struggle. So um, redemption time. Redemption time. I will say, though, in all seriousness, just by looking at this, we need to hammer offense more often, man. For 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 all our faults as far as our ability to uh, maybe find the same level of elite talent on defense, I mean, I know we've got some good players, but it seems to be that first round thing on defense more so. Man, we should be hammering offense. This team is so good at finding offensive pieces, offensive linemen, wide receivers, apparently tight ends. I don't know where that came from. Just hammer it, dude. But all right, let's take a look at the um, interior. So we have six defensive linemen, two Bears, two Packers, a Lion, and a Viking. So everybody's in on the game. So that's fun. And funny enough, we've actually got, here's how it sorts out. Jervon Dexter, Bears, second round. Zach Pickens, Bears, third round. Broderick Martin, Lions, third round. Colby Wooden, uh, actually, that uh, which one came first? Yeah, I got that right. Colby Wooden, uh, Packers, fourth round. Jacqueline Roy, Vikings, fifth round. And then Carl Brooks, Packers, sixth round. So obviously, we would assume Dexter's the best, then Pickens, then Martin, then Colby Wooden, then Jacqueline Roy, then Carl Brooks. Let's see. All right. Jervon Dexter. Uh, he has, in fact, played the most snaps, which makes sense. 379 snaps, 115 run defense, 263 pass rush, and he has 25 pressures, which does lead this group, the most pressures, although it's just a 9.5 pressure rate. He has a PFF grade of 56.7. Not great, but as I've said, there's no such thing as a rookie defensive tackle that's good. I've been saying that for you. Everybody's like, oh, tight end's the hardest bullcrap. Find me a rookie defensive tackle that doesn't suck. Good luck finding two in the last five years. So let's cut Javon Dexter some credit. I'm sure he's still the best defensive tackle despite, you know, a rough start, especially run defense. Then Zach Pickens. Um, Zach Pickens is the uh, third round pick. He's next in line. He was the next defensive tackle taken. He has the fourth amount of fourth most snaps. Carl Brooks and Colby wouldn't have had more. 55.7 PFF grade, six pressures on 130 attempts. That's pretty rough, but he does have a sack, 4.6%. That's that's brutal. Um, and his 55.7 is lower than the 56.7, but again, you expect him to be slightly less than Javon Dexter. That makes sense, right? Okay, fair enough. Then we have Broderick Martin. Now, Broderick Martin's a third-round pick by the Lions, has only played three snaps, and unfortunately, that is going to work against you a little bit um, when your third-round pick can't even get on the field, especially when your team sucks. You know, uh, your defensive line and whatnot is not very good. I would expect him to be able to to make the team. But 6'5", 330-pound nose tackle is what Broderick Martin is. Maybe he got hurt. I don't know. He played week eight, and then he came back, played weeks 14 and 15. So he's been playing. Uh, He does have a 57 PFF grade. Uh, Again, really small sample size, so I don't know how much stock we can put into it. But um, I'll allow it. And that is actually higher than Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, which shouldn't happen. The Bears, I, I mean, again, great drafting football team. Let Poles cook. The guy is amazing. And granted, we haven't seen any good picks from the Bears so far, but uh, we haven't really gotten to their first round. Oh, wait, we did. We haven't gotten to their second. Oh, wait, this is their second round pick and their third round pick. Well, listen, they're really good. Okay. So that's it. It's fine. It's it's close. 55 for Pickens, 56 for Dexter, 57 for Broderick Martin. They're basically tied, and I'm sure if Broderick Martin played more, he'd be worse because that's there's no way that you can be, you know, better. 
Then you get to, uh, let's see, uh, Colby Wooden here, who is the Packers' fourth-round pick. Now, Colby Wooden has nine pressures on 106 attempts and has a 55.3 grade. So he is the lowest of the group. Sucks to be the Packers, for sure. He does have a slightly higher pressure rate than Zach Pickens, but the grades is the grades. Um, Actually, it's really his tackling grade that's got him down so low. Um, His missed tackle rate is 15.8%. He has a 34.3 tackling grade. Ha ha, suck it, Packers. Although that's kind of what you expect to be slightly lower because he is the next in line fourth round pick. But disappointing. I am uh, embarrassed, no doubt about it. Jacqueline Roy for the Minnesota Vikings. Fifth round pick, probably complete trash, except he's not. 58.3. He's actually the highest graded. Um, So that's a blow to everybody that isn't the Vikings. They got their one guy that they put in there. He's better than Broderick Martin of Detroit. He's better than Colby Wooden of Green Bay. And he's better than Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, second and third round picks. I mean, just smacking all of our faces, man. Seriously, what an embarrassment. Um, I mean, it's a 58.3 grade, so essentially all of them are bad. They range from 55 to 58, uh, but, you know, still, it's uh, it's upsetting. Oh, wait, we still got Carl Brooks, who's a six-round pick, which, I mean, who cares? He's a six-round pick. You can't expect anything of that. He's probably in the 40s. But um, he has played 348 snaps, which is the second most behind Javon Dexter, so he's played a lot. He has uh, 21 pressures on 231 attempts. So 9% pressure rate, still not the greatest, but, you know, whatever. Three sacks, which actually does lead the group. He has more sacks than uh, than anybody else, which is weird because, again, he's a sixth-round pick. I don't fully understand what's happening here. And uh, let's see, 42 grade or... No, 63.5. 63.5 for Carl Brooks. The last one drafted in the entire group is the only one that graded out as average or better. And it's a Packer. <sighs> Stymied again. Edge rushers, not a ton of them. We got two Packers and a Viking. It's not a super fair fight. Uh, We got Andre Carter and Brenton Cox, who are both undrafted free agents, and then Lucas Van Ness, who is a first-round pick. We could probably cut to the end where I tell you that Lucas Van Ness is the highest graded. Andre Carter, 50.3 PFF grade. Brenton Cox, 58. Suck it. Our undrafted free agents are better. And then Lucas Van Ness with a 65. Obviously not exactly where you want him to be, but getting better, climbing toward a 70. Uh, his last three weeks have been his best three weeks, I think. Some of his best three weeks. So we win again. And again, even if it's unfair, we got undrafted free agent Brenton Cox against undrafted free agent Andre Carter. Brenton Cox has hardly played at all, but still higher grade, so burn. There you go. We win again. Linebackers, they finally get an opportunity to uh, to duke it out without the Packers because we didn't draft any, so they can fight amongst themselves. And actually, there's some pretty impressive stuff here, so it's kind of good that the Packers didn't get involved. I, I wonder if the Packers curse the other players because whenever we're involved, it's just it's not a thing. Um, but let's let's go in order. Let's stick to the uh, the structure. So we've got uh, first round pick Jack Campbell, uh, picked by the Lions, number 18 overall, obviously going to be a stud. Then you have fifth-round pick Noah Sewell, uh, who can't be very good because, you know, whatever. And then Ivan Pace, who's an undrafted free agent for the Vikings. So presumably you've got elite Jack Campbell and then kind of probably not very good and then trash. Let's see. So Jack Campbell has um, actually not even played the most. Ivan Pace has played more than him, which is surprising because Jack Campbell's a stud and plays all the time. Um, Let's see. Jack Campbell, elite pick. 
Can't do anything better than picking a, a, a linebacker. 56.9 grade, 77 run defense, 50 pass rush, 43 coverage grade. That's weird. I mean, it makes sense because I felt like when I watched him, he was kind of a throwback linebacker who was just a downhill run defender guy who can't cover. But, uh, you know, still uh, a little surprised. But but rookie year, uh, and he's going to be better than everybody else. Noah Sewell hasn't played very much, but again, I'll allow it. Um, Chicago Bears' fifth-round pick, 86.5 PFF grade. Now, did he have three bad games and one at a, at, at a 91 when he played 10 snaps? Yes. But again, I will allow it. Why will I allow it? Very simple. It makes Jack Campbell look like a freaking loser, and that makes me laugh. But if you don't want to allow it, that's fine, because that brings us to Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace is a undrafted free agent out of Cincinnati. He has a 75.7 grade. He has played 613 snaps, which is more than Jack Campbell. He does have a 58.6 run defense grade but he has a 76.5 pass rush grade and a 77.4 coverage grade. He is better than Jack Campbell, and he's an undrafted free agent, and that makes me laugh. Big round of applause to the Vikings for finding a linebacker. I don't even mind conceding it, because who gives a crap? It's a freaking linebacker. And also, Jack Campbell's a bum. Way to waste your first-round pick. Well done. And our running back's better than your first-round pick running back, so shove it. All right, corners. We got a bunch of them. We got plenty, plenty of corners here. It looks like all teams are represented. We got Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings right there. Boom. Eight in total. So we've we've got a, a pretty diverse group here. So we've got Brian Branch taken in the second round. Uh, then after that was Tyreek Stevenson, later second round. Makai Blackman, third round. You got Terrell Smith in the fifth round. Carrington Valentine in the seventh round. And then you have three undrafted free agents, Jalen Williams, uh, Stephen Gilmore, and Najee Thompson. So this one actually shakes out a little bit closer to maybe the way it should, at least insofar as Brian Branch, well, he's the second highest graded, um, <laughs> but he's good. He's good. Brian Branch is solid. I mean, for, for a rookie cornerback, 75.6 grade, 72 coverage, also 82 run defense, which makes sense. That was his whole gig. Good tackler and whatnot. But the question for me was always coverage, and he's doing a good job with coverage, so congrats to them for that. Then we get to the Bears. Um, again, another opportunity to shine. They're really good. They're super good. They're really, really good at drafting. Everything they do is amazing. Um, drafted shortly after Brian Branch, so I would assume just slightly lower than what you get in Brian Branch. Uh, 54.7 grade. He is the lowest graded, aside from Jalen Williams out of Minnesota, who is an undrafted free agent that played 13 snaps. So... I guess that's not super good for the second round pick and whatnot. But Minnesota Vikings, again, with a pretty good pick. Um, you got Ivan whatever, undrafted free agent. And then you got Makai Blackman, who is the highest graded corner, actually, among the rookies in the NFC North, beating out Brian Branch, which, again, makes me laugh just because, I mean, we're kind of in the competition with a seventh round pick, but at the same time, like, whatever. <laughs> So if the Vikings have an opportunity to make the Lions look stupid or vice versa, I don't care. I dig it. But Makai Blackman is the highest graded 78 grade, um, 61 run defense, 60 pass rush, but a 79 coverage. He's by far the best coverage guy. Um, he has given up two touchdowns, one pick, seven pass breakups, um, 91. I mean, the stats aren't quite as good, but I'm guessing just on a play-to-play, -play, he's just doing better. I don't know. I don't, I don't make the freaking grades. 
Then, unfortunately, I have to give a little bit of a shout out to the Bears. They did something right. Fifth round pick Terrell Smith has been quite good. He's played about half the season. Um, he is the third highest graded corner. It's mostly run defense, 90.3 run defense grade, 74 tackling, 68 coverage, which I guess is okay. Um, but still, 73.6 overall grade. Fine. Congratulations on your fifth round stupid corner. Then we have Carrington Valentine. He has uh, He's actually played the third most snaps. So as far as usage goes, getting a lot of value from a seventh round pick. As far as the grades go, he's not in the top three there with the 78 Blackman, 75 Branch, or 74 Terrell Smith. But he has the next one down. I mean, Stephen Gilmore, Najee Thompson have played three snaps combined. The next one after that is Carrington Valentine at a 60 PFF grade, 61.8 coverage grade. Um, He is the fourth highest graded cover guy. And again, might I say, considering he is a seventh round pick, I find that to be impressive. Considering he's played 13 games, as a seventh round pick, I also find it to be impressive, but I'll 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 tip my cap to uh, I, I guess to the rest of them. I mean, the most impressive might be Terrell Smith for the Bears, and then Makai Blackman, and then Brian Branch. I mean, you know, second round pick, you have higher expectations, but he's still good. So, and then unfortunately, we have to end with safety, which is where the Packers do look stupid. It's where the Packers will always look stupid. There's almost nobody that's that's drafted or played a safety. Uh, you have. The only drafted safety is Jay Ward, fourth-round pick for the Vikings. Unfortunately, he had a good game week 16, which bumped up his grade because it's the only time he's ever played. He has played eight snaps, but sticking by the rules, I guess we got to tip our cap to his 76.6 grade. Congratulations. But the other guys are all undrafted free agents. Uh, Benny Sapp, Quindell Johnson, and Anth- uh, well, aside from Anthony Johnson. Benny Sapp for the Packers has really not played, but he has a 60 grade. Quindell Johnson, undrafted free agent by the Bears, has a 57 grade. And then Anthony Johnson, who was drafted in the seventh round, has a 44 grade. So thanks a lot, Anthony Johnson. Everything was going great. And then you had to come along and ruin our great record. (laughs) I mean, we still freaking dominate, but, you know, that's just that's one pick that ain't panning out super well. But no, I mean, Anthony Johnson, it's been pretty rough. I mean, I know there's been a lot of excitement, you know, to talk about, well, you know, this is a guy that can come in and play right away and he can do all these things. It's like, okay, we'll see. Seventh round pick, I'm just saying. <laughs> but especially the last, I mean, he actually started off better. Um, his lowest game was his first game, week seven, 61 grade. He hovered around that range and then week 12 came around and it's just been brutal. I don't know if they've just figured out how to pick on him or if we've changed how we've used him or what. I don't know. I know we did this past week, for example, go into that single high thing where he spent a lot of time single high, and then when he wasn't doing that, he had to come down into the box. So, you know, different assignments for him. Um, He didn't handle it well, but he also didn't handle week 13 or 12 well. 42, 28, and then 60, and then 40. Those are his last four games. So Um, the Anthony Johnson experiment has uh, come crashing down, and we need to find new safeties, I guess, is, is where we're at with that. Um, as far as, let's look at some special teamers. It's going to be the same guys, but how the special teams are doing. Um, in the entire NFC North, among rookies, one, two, three, four, five of them are grading out well as special teamers. Quindell Johnson in Chicago, 71. Jack Campbell, Detroit, 76. Tucker Kraft at an 80. Carl Brooks, 81.4. And then Chicago Bears' Noah Sewell, 85.3. So the Bears have two. The Packers have two. Detroit has one. And uh, Minnesota has zero. 
And then the one abysmally bad special teamer is Anthony Johnson. <laughs> he has ruined this whole thing just by his by his freaking lonesome. So look, I mean, it's 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 fun to poke around, but I, I, I do love doing this stuff because, again, it provides some context. I mean, look, rookies are not good, generally speaking. And every single team is hit on a couple guys. But I, I again, I stand impressed with the Green Bay Packers, not only with the um, the quality, but the quality based on when they were drafted. Um, the the amount of good play from mid to late round picks is is continues to be staggeringly impressive, and um, just the amount of contributions that they have gotten uh, just across the board this year is really high. So I like it. Um, I think the, you know, and, and, and even looking at the first round picks, like there's several swing and misses at first round picks, second round picks. The, the, the Bears, who's their first, oh, their first round and second round picks are trash. They suck. So, you know, I mean, I, listen, we didn't do all 32 teams, and I'm sure there are other teams that had good years and probably better than the Packers. I doubt they're number one out of 30, 32. But, um, I think we just got to change our perspective and and expectations a little bit because, you know, we'll we'll find a guy like Anthony Johnson and say, well, he's not good, so Gutekun sucks. Or pair that with, what, um, I don't know, somebody else that's not doing as well. You know, Lucas Van Ness is a first-round pick, and he hasn't quite figured it out yet. He's only a 65 grade, which really isn't even that bad. Has a number three edge rusher, and that's unacceptable. And it's like, come on, man. You're freaking reaching right now. You're reaching. But once again, just wanted to say thank you to uh, Nick Noblik. Check out Noblik Studios, N-O-B-L-I-Q-U-E studios.com. Check out some of his work. And again, if you're in the uh, in his neck of the woods over in Texas, be sure to check it out. He's got some awesome stuff over there. But I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>